you look like you're the commander of a space station there with your <laughs> fancy chair. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to have coffee with you. Actually, I made a latte this morning. My lovely, lovely friend, Laura, she's one of my longest friends. And she is like a believer of all the things that I dream up in my head and just comes along for the ride. Um, so I'm so glad that we get to hang out today and chat because I feel like you have so much wealth of knowledge in you and experience and life. And plus you're like my, like my little superhero over here that like saved me from so many things. So I think this is really, oh my gosh, I have to tell you the story. Okay. To start it off. So I'm downstairs. I'm like, I'm going to talk to my friend, Laura today. I'm super excited. I'm making my drink. Greg brings over mother Teresa. And he's like, it shows me this little clip on TikTok, and this mother Teresa, and she's talking about how it's just like, she's talking about how she heard about this family of eight kids who had no, who had no food. So she made them some rice and she was like, she gave it to the mother and she let them go on their way. And later on she saw her and she's like, what did you do um, with, with the food? And you know, how, how are you? And she's like, well, you know, I knew that the ones next to me, the mother family next to me was also hungry. So I gave that, gave it to them because they also were hungry. And I was like starting to cry. I'm like, you know, Greg, I'm trying to like start this on a high note because sometimes <laughs> I get my little like little sweaty pit over here. Cause I'm like, I gotta go do, I'm going to go do a Zoom. And I get like a little nervous cause I'm a little like stage fright. And I just started like feeling all crying. And I was like, no, you know what? That's honestly, you are so much like that. Like I think of the time that you like Lord. fed me. No, for real. And I was like, that's my friend. Like you came over and fed me in a really dark season. And like, we have so much weaving and treading together in our paths. Gosh, it's, it's pretty incredible. So I am so excited to have you here. You have literally been a light and you continue to be in what you do with your job and who you are and just like your ever presence of who you are. It's just, it's like contagious. So, yeah. But I love you so much. I love you so much. And I'm so glad we get to have coffee together. And I, these conversations, I literally have no preconceived idea of what's going to come out of it, what's going to unfold. Honestly, I just think that so much of like, when I look at my life, so many people's stories have held me and carried me through my own journey and have made me to believe or hope or have know that I'm not alone. And so I think these conversations more than anything, I just want to have open conversations about like, what has carried people through life? Like, I spoke with my dad about his accident and his going through his journey and like, what was that like? And how did you feel as a child not being able to speak or talk or walk? Um, and then going through, you know, 60 years later, not being able to see and feeling some of the same feelings. What would you tell somebody that was going through that journey? What would held you in those seasons? And I think that we all have like remarkable stories that sometimes there's not a place to share them and that they should be shared because they will hold somebody else in a way that we were held once to. So that's kind of just my hope for these conversations. I have no like preset plan. I just show up. Here I am. Showing <laughs> up. That was my word of the year for, for 2021. Show up. Show up. I love it. Yeah. And you that are. Here I am. Here you are showing up. So like, I don't know, we talked a little bit about this prior and I have gone for walks with you. I'm like, I have this idea about like creating story. You're like, I'll talk. And I'm like, yeah. And I honestly, I don't know what parts of your story you feel comfortable sharing or talking about, maybe all, maybe some, maybe parts. Um, but 
you can just, we can start wherever you want to start. I mean, we met in a grocery store. I feel like we kept meeting randomly when we were like, you know, had leaky boobs and children on one hip. And like, it was, it was, it was a journey. And we just identified on levels. We both have four kids or you have five kids. Um, and, you know, we, we just identified on so many levels. Um, and then it kind of carried us to like moms and tots where that was like literally our lifeline where we would meet on a Wednesday and we would just be like, I'm here and I'm alive and I've kept the kids alive too. Fairly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then yeah. that kind of just morphed into like, we have teenagers that are best friends and, you know, we've, yes. we've celebrated some really amazing moments together and we've held each other in some really hard, hard moments. Um, yes. So, yeah. So what do you, like, what do you, where do you want to start? Where do, how do you, where do you feel? What do you feel like it's been a pivotal shift in your life? Maybe we can start there and be like, what was the thing that changed everything? Okay. Well, I mean, I think there's like a few things that changed everything um, at various like parts of the journey. But I think uh, having Michaela is probably the number one mm -hmm. thing that changed everything. So, um, so yeah, I was just kind of like a messed up teenager and doing a lot of partying and a lot of um, bad choices and uh, found myself, you know, pregnant at 17 and uh, didn't have a lot going for me. I didn't really think I was very smart. I didn't, I wasn't with the guy anymore and I was pregnant and I felt like, you know, for the first time ever that I was worth like, um, I don't know if worthy of something, but like that it, it was special, that she was special and she was worth changing my life for. And even if I didn't feel like I was um, worth it, she was definitely worth it. So I, um, I cleaned up my acts. I moved out of my house or my mom, I was asked to move out. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I worked at a daycare for $4.50 an hour. Can you believe that? No. And through my whole pregnancy and I like rented a room from one of the dads at the daycare. So you moved out before you had her. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I graduated from, um, I found out I was pregnant April 21st, 1998. I graduated from high school that May and I moved out June 1st. Wow. Yeah, because my mom thought, I thought, because we had this big five-bedroom house in Hawkwood that, and I lived in the basement, that I would just simply turn the spare bedroom into a nursery, <laughs> and we would all live happily ever after, but mom had other plans and thought it was probably best that I get, I figure out life. Yeah. I had a lot of growing up to do, she said, in the last <laughs> nine months. So I, I found a, this room to rent and it was walking distance to the daycare that I worked at and and that was it that was my my life for nine months or so was just working and and trying to take care of myself and find myself and searching you know for God and searching for you know a meaning behind everything and I really wanted to raise this little person um right and whatever that looked like and um 
So I think that was the pivotal moment because that was like every decision I would make from that point on would be for my kids, like mm. whatever it was. Um, I, I, I'm unfortunately uh, up to now, I'm working on it, but have worked best with like my back against a wall. So if mm. I need to do something, if you put like life and death pressure on me to do it, yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. But to just do it for the sake of that being the best thing to do, uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You're like, I'm here and I'm doing it. Yes. You'll do what you got to do. Yes. Yeah. So how did that play out? Like, so you have Michaela and then you're there for nine months. How, where, where did life take you after that? Um, well, that was uh, tricky because I needed to do something to make money and, um, I didn't really have any skills because as I say, I didn't really um, apply myself in school. So I was like a beauty school dropout for real. And so I decided uh, that what I was good at was reading and writing. I had that. So I would go to journalism school. So then I went to state uh, for two years and my student loan from that time is how I managed to take care of Michaela and live oh, okay. until I graduated from state in, um, I guess it would have been about 2001. And then did you pursue that? No, <laughs> no, uh, no, then I pursued getting married and having a bunch more babies. So okay. that was, um, I did not, but it wasn't a waste because it was in journalism school that I realized I was really smart. I would get honors. I was, uh, like really capable and, um, I needed that to have any sort of faith in myself to do anything else because I just, um, you know, I was always younger than everybody else, uh, in school because I started school when I was four and I just never really, I, I think, I think a lot of it was maturity and being a year behind everyone. Um, cause I you graduated at 17, right? Yes. Okay, Pregnant yeah, early, 17. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so for that reason, I held back all of my kids. They all went to school. They're all the oldest kids in their class because I just feel like that kind of played into uh, not feeling very bright. Mm-hmm. And really, I think I probably just needed more time. Yeah. Because it turned out I was super smart in the end. Yeah. Look you at know. you going to journalism school and then yeah. raising babies. And that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So then you get married and you have how many kids? I have, I have three more kids with uh, my husband. Yes. Okay. And do you want to walk this journey? Uh, yes. Okay. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's just so much. There's so much. How am I going to say it all? Um, yes. Okay. So after that, so I met Kelly when Michaela was three months old and he was so good to me and so good to her. And I was in love. He was in love. I yep. <laughs> <And> <laughs> uh, proceeded to have, um, you know, a fairly good relationship, but there was some drinking involved. Um, that should have been a pretty big red flag before we got married. Um, but, you know, I'm a fixer. So and you're in love. And I'm in love. And so we got married and uh, that um, we were together 16 years and married 13 years and a good portion of that time was, was good. Um, but eventually the addiction and the drinking did end up, uh, 
sort of uh, taking over. And then I had to leave that, that marriage, which was very, very difficult. Yeah. You were there. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Yeah, I remember so. we packed up. We packed up a few yeah. times. Yeah. We packed up a few well, times. It was very, very, very difficult. Um, but again, being, you know, in this journey, I had gone back to school and became a nurse and I was an LPN. Um, and it was through the divorce that I had to go back to school again, third time, mm -hmm. uh, to support my family and, uh, and got my degree. And that was like a huge, Amazing. Um, a huge moment for me and a huge, uh, sign of what I was capable of. And, uh, uh just a, a, a really big validation, yeah. um, for myself. I remember when you were, when you were with Kelly and like, I remember being like, I don't like, there's just things I don't do. Like, those are things that like he does and things that I don't do. And I remember mm -hmm. when we were like thinking about, you know, moving and getting you out of the mm -hmm. house, it was mm -hmm. just so, so much fear around, like, I don't do those. Like, I don't do those things. Right. Those are things that he's done. And like, yeah. it was really you filling in sh shoes you'd never filled before. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know how how well I did in the end, but I do remember, uh, going out to the garage in the townhouse and, uh, I had to take the garbage out because you know, that's yeah. what I did at that time because I did all the things yeah. and there were maggots, maggots for this everywhere. And I'm crying and I'm like, I don't know how to kill maggots. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so like, I just put on like some shoes and I went out there and I stomped on maggots crying oh. that was the worst I think I must have got them all because they didn't come back wow uh, that was horrible that was that was a, a big big low <laughs> yeah you yeah. like reach you're now digging through maggots and trying to get rid of them they're a maggots. bugger to get rid of uh yeah I'm single mom with four kids no money stomping maggots that was a low yeah and when you, after you'd left, I mean, we can get to this later, but you had put, you're, you're putting yourself through school again Yes. in the midst again. of all of this. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, because I couldn't being an LPN, I was working as an LPN and it wasn't enough money to support the kids. So yet again, you know, you kind of do what you know. And I knew if I applied for student loans and I, I mean, it took me 10 years to pay it off the first time, but I knew that uh, between working and the student loans, I would have enough money to support the kids because I wasn't getting any child support or anything like that. Right. So there wasn't really an option um, at that time. It was just, you did what you had to do to survive. Right. And that's so and that's what You were surviving and working because you were working, yeah. going to school, raising the kids, yes. doing everything on your own. All the things. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. That is crazy. It was a when very you long three years. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And I only had an outside view of that. And I can't imagine living that like day in and day out and getting the kids to and from school and their own needs. Like the thing is, is that it's not just getting the kids to and from, it's then all of their needs and their processing of like a new life and oh my God. just life with yes. just mom and where's dad and all of those things. Like it's oh, yeah. not just, it's not just, just getting them to and from it's the motions yeah. that, that of them and yourself. Yes. Yeah. And so they don't, you can, I couldn't press pause on them while I got myself together. And yeah. so, um, yoga became very important. So I would, I joined that was the one thing I spent money on is I had a, a membership to the, uh, yoga studio down the street 
And that was where I went to cry my face off just about every night, hot yoga. No one could see me. Nobody knew me. It was dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I would, I would get in there, hit the mat and the tears. Like I would just pretty much cry the entire time. Sorry, breathe yoga staff and air drink for that. Um, <laughs> that, where I would break, like, that's where it all came out. Everything that I was trying to hold together during the day. Mm-hmm. And then I'd roll up my mat and go home and go get through another day. day. Yeah. Wow. When you look back, do you, can you hardly believe that you actually went, that your life went that way? Like, I think sometimes when I look back at my life, I'm like, man, I would have never in a million years thought that I would go through that. Or if I did, I didn't, wouldn't imagine I could get through it. Oh God, no. Oh my God. No, there was no, I mean, I used to say, you know, to my, to Kelly at the time, all the time, like, aren't we lucky? Like we would leave parties or events with other people. And I would just think like, we are so lucky, like to be so in love and to have what we have. Like this is, this is like once in a lifetime. This, we got, we have the real deal here. And um, there was no part of me for a good part of my marriage that I would have ever thought it was going to end. Um, or that if it did end, that I would be so utterly alone with no, no help. Um, and so it, and, and so that was shocking like shocking um, to me. I was very much sort of blindsided by everything that would happen. But in the end, um, it was all for my good because I met someone and um, who's a real partner to me now and um, have grown so much. And, you know, it was was all worth it in Mm -hmm. the end. But yeah, very life surprised the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything that's happened. <laughs> and hard yeah. to see that when you're like, I think, you know, hard to see that there's going to be any light at the end of the tunnel oh, when, God, you're, no. when you're muddy, mucking your way through it, going like, mm-hmm. how am I going to pay this? And how am I going to feed the kids? And how am I going to do oh, another no. exam? No, no, I had no idea. I had no idea it was going to turn out as beautiful as it did. Um, and I appreciate things so much more now and, uh, to have a second chance at love and at a career that, um, means the world to me, it's just been a blessing in the end, but it did not feel like that at the time. No. <laughs> no. What do you think was like the pivotal point for you? Like when you look back at like, because I mean, we worked, Laura and I had done this thing together with a bunch of other ladies where it was called Evolve Spa. We were, we would help women in domestic violence shelters and we would wash their feet and, you know, do their makeup and their hair and massages and all these things. And they would say, I remember them saying at the time that an average woman, it'll take them seven times of leaving before they actually leave for the last time. Right. And like for you, what was, what was that? Like, what was the, what was the, the pivotal thing that was like, hell no, I'm not doing this any longer. Well, I think, I mean, I would identify with the fact that like I, um, so the first time I had to call 911 on my husband, we were only married for eight weeks. And I can remember being on the phone with the dispatcher and saying like, I feel like I'm in a movie. Mm -hmm. Like this didn't feel real to me. I never grew up with abuse in my home. Uh, I never grew up with anything, alcoholism, addiction, nothing like that in in the home I grew up in. I never had um, exposure to that. I never knew anybody who had gone through it. 
I, I couldn't believe it really that this was happening. Um, and so I think, um, so I remember that 911 call and thinking like, and, and actually saying like, I think I'm in a, t I feel like I'm in a TV show, but I did watch enough Oprah and I was raised <laughs> well enough to know if he hits you the first time you leave. And so I did, uh, that was it. I, eight weeks into the marriage, I went to the church and I tried to get the marriage annulled because, um, because of what happened that night. And I was told no that that's not how it works and we had to stay together because that was god's plan for marriage and uh my marriage would not be annulled that we would be allowed to separate uh to work it out and so i you know so that's wow. what i did he he worked on his end to kind of win me back if you will and um that was in august and we were back together in november and I was pregnant by December Wow. and with, with Sydney. Okay. And so then it was like, okay, we got to make this work. And he was doing the work to get sober. And I was doing the work on forgiving. And I thought we have put that behind us and, mm. and that sort of thing. But I think number one, I, to answer the question is the kids, right? Like, again, this, this will play out over and over and over and over again in my life. Um, is that what I wouldn't do for myself, I would do for them. So when the alcoholism came back and the abusive behavior came back, there was just no option. Like I, for me, I, I know right. that's not true for everybody, but for me, it, I wasn't going to have my kids, no matter, he could do anything necessarily to me, but I wasn't going to have my kids get hurt. And I owed it to them to leave. And so it didn't take seven times for me. I know, you know, but, everyone's journey is different. Um, there was a lot of shitty times though, you know, before I did leave. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know the part about the eight weeks. Um, when you were just like, I got to get out of here. And the church was like, no, this is, yeah, no, no, stay. Yeah, Sorry. I keep getting a message here. Okay. Um, no, you, yeah. I got married on June 23rd and August 21st of that year. I had to call 911. And I was just going to be one of those people who, you know, got married when they were really young. I was 20 and I had already practiced the narrative where like, mm -hmm. you know, I had practiced saying to myself, like, yeah, I was married once in my early twenties and it didn't work out. That's, right. I just thought it, that's what was going to happen. Right. So I, and, and so I went to the person who married us and I explained the situation and funny enough, oh. now that pastor's divorced too, but <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, you know, I, um, I, I believe they were going to help me and that this was against God to leave and to, right. uh, get divorced. And so, you know, I don't regret it because I stayed and we had, you know, three more beautiful children and, and what was a nice life. But I think it was really, it was hard. Like when I left my marriage, I worked part-time. I lived in an estate community, I had a thriving, you know, church community, friends. Um, yeah, like I had nice things, Mexican vacations to myself. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't look like an abused. I didn't look like those women. Right. I wasn't those women that right. we would see at the shelter. It turns yeah. out I was exactly like those women that mm. we saw at the shelter. Um, you just had everything. Like a different, yeah. yeah. You just had a different life. It's hard to see that. Hey, though, when you look at people 
in life, I think for women, for that, that do have, we, we do have a good life. You're like, I don't, but I'm not that. And so, no. you know, surely it's going to get better because we have the trips, we have the things I have a good yeah. life. Why would yes. I treat all of this to be like single and like, like trying to hustle on my own? Yeah. You, no, I, I, the first time it happened because I'm a researcher in my bones, I go take out books. So I, I went to the library and I took out a bunch of books about domestic abuse the first time back in 2001. And, um, I would read the stories of these women and what they went through and they're bleeding on their kitchen floor and they've got concussions and they're going, and I was like, that's not me. That's right. not me. But the psychological stuff that was happening, the manipulation, the gaslighting, uh, the neglect near the end of the marriage was like exactly what, you know, what was mm -hmm. happening that way, even if it didn't, um, become as physically horrific as it does for some people. Um, it was a lot of the, the mental was there. The trauma. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, and like, and when you look back at that, do you see that, that, how that's played? I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because if you see people say all the time or I've heard people say that it's not what you do, but it's not what you say that matters. It's what you do. Your kids will do what you do. They won't necessarily do what you say. Uh -huh. and, right. And I think it's interesting. Yeah. Like you, you fought for your kids. Yeah. Right. Because you, it's somewhere in you, you passed what the, what the church was saying. And I wonder if that was partly why you stayed as long as you did. If that was like, you had this in your mind going, no, God, God's not for this. So I better stay as long as I can. And maybe that was that part of what played in your mind of being like the shame, the guilt, the, what would God think? What would the pastor think? What would my friends think? Was that part of like what held you or, or yeah, like. Well, I think yeah. it was a part of it. I mean, um, I was let down e easy and in some ways, like my marriage deteriorated bit by bit. Hmm. So by the time we actually I, I left, you know, for good. Um, our friends had really become my friends. He had kind mm -hmm. of bailed my, the church, he, he had stopped coming and things like that. So, so in a way I did know um, on some level that I had support, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he was definitely the kind of person that everybody, you know, loved. And I was worried I would lose friends. I mean, in the church, like you have people whose entire job it is couples whose job it is to keep other people's marriages together and sit with them late at night and tell them they can work it like you know I I didn't know anyone else who was divorced I was pissed I was jealous mm -hmm. I was mad I was jealous yeah. that these other marriages like why me why did this happen to me I loved my husband so much and um I thought we had such a good life and so it was really like that was hard and to be alone in that and and to think like, well, what if I just stayed? Cause he'd have been sober for a long time to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, maybe he'd get better. And then I was bailing early. There were definitely people who said to me that this wasn't what I should do because this wasn't, you know, God's will that he was my husband sort of stand, stand by your man type mentality. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult and to, and to go out on that limb alone because I really, any, my only friend I know that had left her marriage, you know, also left the church at the same time. And right. so I, I didn't have anyone that I knew personally at that so time. Right. 
So you're breaking the ground out completely yeah. from everybody else. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's interesting how how um, I find it really interesting. You said at the very beginning about the conversation you had with your pastor about that not being an option. I yeah. think it's interesting how those words, despite the fact that you had a lot of support at, at the end, mm-hmm. but that, that those words maybe played a part or, or obviously did play a part because you went oh, yeah. home and you're like, I guess we'll figure this out. You know, yeah. I guess we'll do this. But you're, you're like, your heart is like, I don't know, this doesn't seem right. Not that you were to like, Hey, we need to annul this because I can't, I can't do this. And yet yeah. that carried you through decades. Dec- oh yeah. Yeah. Of marriage. It, it, it was absolutely, um, yeah, it was, it absolutely did because I was sure that, that, that was the end that I had, you know, the wedding, like we hadn't even been home from the honeymoon seven weeks. And I was like, it's over. Like, you don't stay with someone who, who hurts you like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, yeah, I was just told, no, that's not the way that's not God's plan. Right. It's not, that's, you know, I mean, I wasn't left all by myself. Like they offered help to Kelly they explained that he would have to like support me financially during that time um this pastor had had an affair before and had some previous you know knowledge on how to he gave Kelly a book called how to win your wife back whether she's left you emotionally physically or mentally like and um using uses sports analogies to tell you how to win your wife and it worked I mean there were roses a dozen roses in my bed notes everything like thing he he did everything he could possibly do went to AA well I was the big one um mm-hmm. <laughs> to to get me to get to get our family back together and um and so I did but no I mean if, if the pastor had said this this is abuse this is unsafe I will annul the marriage I didn't want a divorce um and off I I would have yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah. And it led you to three more amazing kids. You know, the most yes, amazing kids. Which I mean, we, I mean, we always say that as women though, right? Well, then I wouldn't have my kids. Doesn't matter. True, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I have yeah. kids that, more kids that you yeah. know, have been devastated too by this. Yeah. But, I was going to ask um, you about that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. It's not easy. Like, and how have you, when you look at it now, like you, you're on the other side. You've had how yeah. many years, how many years since you've, you've been six, six years, six years and you're remarried and life looks totally different. And you like, yes. you've pursued more in your career and you got yourself through like blood, sweat and tears, yeah. um, single-handedly, yeah. like in a lot of ways, I mean, sure there was people that held you, but as a mom, yeah. you carried the weight of your kids. You carried the weight of the finances, your home, you bought a home in the midst of all of that. Like you got you, you got your, the things that you said you hadn't done, you like, you got some roots and you like put your feet in some huge boots and you filled them full. I tried. You did. The best I could. <laughs> yeah. You did fill them full and you show, and I think you're, and I think so much of who you are, like in the midst of all of that, like the inspiration that you are, I think these kinds of things are like somebody out there. I was just talking to a friend who's like, man, the shame of leaving my husband is so great. Like, what will my parents she's like it took me two months just to get the courage to say hey this isn't healthy for me and then the shame because my parents lived all right and still aren't married for 35 years she's like how do I tell them I'm leaving after 
a couple of years, you know? Uh, yeah. And I think like your story great, creates such courage because there's, there's a lot of women who sat in your seat who have beautiful homes, who have the things that look glossy and perfect and the marriage that you leave the party going, man, I wish I was like them, mm -hmm. right? And yet there's brokenness and it's yeah. embarrassing to say that it is. Oh yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I, I agree with all of those statements. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. Um, and also like those marriages that you see that last 35 years, I mean, those people have stories of things mm -hmm. they went through. And a part of you wants that story. A part mm -hmm. of you wants the story of how you made it through, right? It's like, you don't know when you leave that, you know, it couldn't have been, we could, you know, I don't know that we could still be married. He could have gone back and uh, become sober again. And we could have this journey. Like, that's the thing is like, you talk to these people who've been married for a long time. And a lot of times there's some pretty big dirt mm -hmm. in those marriages, yeah. but they made it through. And you think, why can't I do that? Hmm. You know, what if I just stay, maybe this will just be a, like that story, Yeah. you know, of how, but I, I think I realized we've, we had that story once already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was very unlikely I, I was going to, to get that a second time. And okay. what would I have to go through? And what would my kids have to go through for that? And, yeah. and, and I just had to risk it and say like, yeah, maybe, but I don't, I don't know where, I mean, he's having an affair. He's drinking all the time. Bad things yeah. are happening to me. Um, yeah. And to my, I just had to be like. Enough is enough. Yeah, that was, that was it. And it was actually, it's funny because we have to be careful with our words at all times, especially when people are going through difficult time, right? Because on one hand you have the pastor the first in the first part of my marriage tell me I can't leave that it's uh that's not God's will that God is gonna you know God has good plans for me plans to prosper me and not to harm me plans to give me hope in a bright future so uh so there's that that I mm -hmm. need to stay mm -hmm. uh that that we're not annulling the marriage and his words had such weight at that time and then you had me sitting in a therapist's office fast forward uh, 16 years or 13 years. And I'm sitting in marriage therapy and my husband has left the room and she has said, get up right now and walk across the street to the lawyer's office. You need to get a divorce right now. And I did it. I got up off of the chair and there happened to be a lawyer who was wonderful to me. And wow. he, I walked across the street and I was, I was like a zombie. I just walked in and the receptionist, you know, is like, you know, hi, how can I help you? And I was like, I think I need a divorce. I probably looked like I was going to just die on the floor right there. Hmm. And so what if she had been another one to say, you know, what you can get through this, you know, but she didn't, Yeah, she could see, you know, what I couldn't. Um, or what I wasn't ready to make up my mind. She told me and like, this is what you need to do. So I think that's something to remember when someone's going through so your words can have a ton of weight. Yeah. Um, and actually shape somebody else's future. Massively. Yeah. yeah. Like in both of those stories, it, mm -hmm. it was, it was the turning corner for you. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. Um, what would you say in to somebody who's sitting in a similar seat as you? were I would 
say like I, I think I would say that about any of the experiences I've been through is like um like you know when you're nowhere um inside you at times I don't know now because sometimes I didn't know I think I would I I, I don't know I don't think I have advice because I think every situation is different and every marriage is different. And, um, and, and so I think I would just say like, trust that trust in yourself, believe in yourself. Right. And, and, and that would be the, the biggest thing that I would say, whether that's, you know, trust in yourself to make it through with, with your partner or trust in yourself to leave or whatever is the right thing for you to do. Just, you need to, to trust, to, to trust and believe in yourself and in the people around you. I think that was big too. I mean, yes, there were some naysayers, but they were really in the corner. Like the people who knew me best, my mother, my best friends, people who really knew me, they were all supporting my decision to leave. When, when his friends were the ones that moved me, I knew there must be things I didn't know that I knew that this, you know, so I would say like seek wise counsel, um, because yeah, to say like trust in, in what, (coughs) what you know is right. That's hard in that moment. If you don't, cause, cause you can go moment to moment changing your mind on what you think is right, you know, or what feels right. Like there was no part of me that felt like, okay, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to leave. Right. It was just what I was faced with. Right. Well, it's cluttered, so, right? It's muddy, probably yeah. in your own head. And you don't want to, and you want things to work out. And, you know, I mean, yeah. So, so that's hard. I think it's just like, trust that you'll be okay. Yeah. Just that you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think yeah. some, many of us don't know if it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Right. We can't yeah. see that what's coming. And so it feels like it's just the darkness might be swallowing us yes. <laughs> at, a, at a rapid rate. Yes. And I think yeah. too, like a part of it has to do with um, owning your choices. Like I didn't, I had no choice over whether he continued to drink or not. I wanted yeah. him to stop. Um, but then I had to decide, okay, so he's two chose to, what choice am I going to make? What am I going to do? Mm. And I mean, that's where the serenity prayer from AA is so important, right? Is like that, those are words to live by, right? Like accept the things you cannot change. And I was forever like, well, if he just did this, then, then, then this. Right. But once I accepted, like he made his choice for better or for worse. And now I had a choice to make. It put me back in the driver's seat of my life, you know, um, and that's been true for like things I've been through with my kids too, is understanding they're on their journey. Yeah. I can't, and, and, and I can't always, I'm always there beside them, but I can't go with them. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you're choosing this, then this is how I'm going to choose to react. You all, you have, no matter what situation you're in, you have a choice mm-hmm. and no matter what happens to you, you have a choice, you know, and that's something I always tell my kids because there's been so much pain, um, is that like, you are not, you know, your, your pain is not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. So it is not their fault that the things that happened with their dad happened. 
that they are victims of that, but they are mm-hmm. absolutely responsible for their own healing. Wow. And so that's, you know, and I think, you know, another thing that I always tell them is, you know, you're free to make your own choice, but you're not free from the consequences of your choices. So, you know, I think they saw that too, um, Mm -hmm. going through all of this, right. Mm -hmm. With each person's choice, there came consequences. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Laura, that's like super empowering. What you said about, you were to say it again for me, but you're not responsible for your pain. No, like, and, you know, whatever it was, you know, like, um, any, any sort of thing that's happened in my life, right. It's like getting, you know, I was raped when I was really young or getting pregnant at 17 or, um, you know, the things that happened in my marriage, you know, all of those things were not my, you know, fault per se. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, but I, I was responsible for my healing and I'm responsible for the choices that I make after that. So I could choose, you know, I could have chosen to go on EI or whatever the case may be like, you know, I don't know what other choices I had. I felt like I'd made the only choice I had, but I know other people have said, I don't know how you do it, how you did that. I just think like, I'm not sure what choice there was, but um, I suppose there are people who, who choose to like live in their victimhood, but you know, I think it's, 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 it can be hard to rise out of that though. Right. To well, like totally. to choose, you chose that and you've chosen, shown your children that like you get to choose your healing. Like that is so empowering. Now you hold, you hold the key again, right? Yes. The person who, who hurts you does not hold power over you. No, they have no power over your healing whatsoever. That None. is amazing knowledge. Yeah. It helps. <laughs> Yeah. um, But I mean, like, you got to do the work. That's the thing too, right? Is that, you know, sometimes that's therapy, medication. Sometimes, I mean, that looks like a whole lot of, a whole lot of of work behind that. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for, for my own healing. That's beautiful. I love that. (laughs) I love that. That is, that is something that I think the world should be, should hear loud and clear because that is something I think a lot of us get stuck in our own heads being like, well, this happened and how yes. will I get out of it? And it is hard and darkness can yes. consume you. I know we've Absolutely. both talked about that. Mental health is a real thing. And how did that play out in, you know, in, in our stories is that I guess at some point you choose, you choose, you, you get the medication needed. I loved you yeah. said the other day, you're like, Oh, um, you have to, you have to say, it. I never know how to quote you perfectly. Um, but it was about, uh, exercise and you were saying, Oh, exercise. Yes. The number one, the most effective anti, the most effective and underused antidepressant in the world. Yes. I love yeah. that. Yes. I love that. Cause you found that along your journey too, that like movement has been like your refuge. Always. Yeah. I mean, that started, yeah. When I was like young but absolutely that like you know whether it was yoga during the divorce or um you know even just going to the gym you know I was a gym rat when I had younger kids but like that was a huge refuge for me just to get the kids like it was hard to get them out the door and get to the gym but to drop them at the little child care and work out for an hour by myself and Mm -hmm. 
you know, the endorphins, I'm sure that exercise played a huge role in having all those kids and having the energy to, you know, take care of them and have fun with them and, and, you know, get through those long, long days of having babies and stuff. I, I know it was a huge part of that. And then um, just, and then afterwards, just having the ability to like exercise and release those endorphins and get out of your head and into your body mm-hmm. or into your mind, depending on yeah. what it is you need, you're doing. It was, it's been very, very therapeutic for me. Very yeah. therapeutic. Yeah. Yes. Movement. I don't think I ever really thought yes. of it that way. Like, I think sometimes I think of like, you know, we need to medicate whatever that looks like. Sometimes it is actual mm-hmm. prescription and it is that, that helps totally. us get through these dark seasons. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I've like realized, man, like, I think we had this conversation in our talk and I had talked about this, um, article that I'd read about, like how we put these things into our life. And we like, it's, it's the new year. I can do something new for myself. Right. And then by February, like, dang it, I didn't do it. Like I'm too tired. (laughs) Um, but the whole approach is like differently being like, you know, in your life, you're not going to like stop brushing your teeth because like, you know, that's really good for your teeth and no one wants to have bad breath and no one wants yellow teeth. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do that. And it's like, yeah. that's good for your, that's good for your teeth. And it's like, then it kind of went on to be like, what is good for your mind? Like, what is good for your mm-hmm. soul? What is good for your body? And it was like, if you put all these things into an idea, like I want to do all these things come, you know, the new year, and then you trickle down and not do them. Maybe they weren't the things that actually like fuel you. Mm, Maybe yes. you need to talk, look deeper and go, what actually medicates like my mind, my body, my soul. And if you put those things into play, cause I, I think it's hilarious. And I've done this where it's like, I'm doing something new. I'm going to start working out and doing this thing. And then I'm like, I'm taking the weekends off though. Like I wouldn't take the weekends off. It's going to be so good for me. I need a break. And he's like, in this cart article, he's like, do you take the weekends off from brushing your teeth? Like, no, you <laughs> want to have good smelling breath all the time. All the he's, time. Like, he's like, so you don't stop doing the things that are good for you because yes. that's your daily medication. Like for you, like movement for me. Yeah. I love, it does help me. It does change the way, um, movement is like, it changes everything. Uh, I lost you here. I don't know if you can. Oh, still sorry. Say. I don't know what happened. Sorry. <laughs> ring. Okay. I'm back. I was like, yeah, I couldn't see you. Um, but yeah, like how, what is, what is people's medication? And like, what is the one thing that you'll do because it's good for you? And for you, like, I loved how your like movement has literally saved me. Like it's absolutely in some ways. And I think like, like what you're saying about good habits too, is that like, um, a lot of times in my life, because of, you know, the hard things, it's just do the next right thing. Like what's mm-hmm. the next right thing. And for me, when I exercise that that's, it doesn't stop there because now I'm also maybe going to make healthier choices of what I'm fueling my body with, because I've just Mm -hmm. exercised maybe because I know I'm going to exercise later. I'm not going to have two glasses of wine right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe. And so it's like that one choice actually leads to like a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, of better choices for me. And so, and when, then when I don't exercise, the more I don't move, the more I don't want to move, the more I sit on social media, the more I, you know, don't do the healthy things for me. Right. So I think that the the one thing just spirals into the next right thing into the next right thing until before I know it, like, well, I, I actually am drinking more water, you know, because I'm thirsty because I exercise. Right. And all of a sudden that's not something else I need to do. That's just what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so I find that one, you know, you 
for me, that's exercise, but it might be something else for, for somebody else, you know, is, um, is, and, and then those endorphins help you have more patience and help you feel happier. That's what it does. Exercise makes you feel happy afterwards. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe yeah. not at the yeah. moment, you know. <laughs> so now you have more patience in traffic. Now you have more, you know, more ability to care for your loved ones. Now you have, you know, so it's that ripple effect that that exercise has for me is I feel good. Mm-hmm. And then you know what I want to look good and then I want to do good. And yeah. and so it just it's just like one thing after another, you know, that um that just it's it's just a beautiful cycle. Yeah. But I mean, we all fall off sometimes. We got to get back on. We do. We all fall off sometimes. It's a, it's part of it. Was it you who we were talking today and we're like, act good, do good, do good, be good, be good. How does it go? How'd it go? Do you remember this? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up, but I was like, it just was like, yeah, like how everything is a rippling effect. Right. Yes. It's just like you do this and then, then you feel better and then you feel better and you do better and you, and it just, yeah. it, it affects your world. It affects your people. It, it like how the tone, me, mom set the tone in the home. Um, yes. it's like, if mom's good, then the tone is different in the home. Absolutely. The- yes. Yeah. Yes. I would say that's, I remember when I was a kid and I'd sometimes come home and I could, I didn't even see my mom. And I was like, Oh man, she's pissed. And I could just yeah. tell like she wasn't happy. So I'm like, just go to your room and try to avoid it. And now I'm on the other end now. And you're like, oh, my kids can feel when I'm like, oh, yeah. not, it's not good. Or they can feel when it's light and good and cheery. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can, I can get that anxiety up to a good 10 around here <laughs> if I want to. Yeah. And get everybody anxious with me. Oh, I think so. that's the thing about momhood or maybe it's the I was talking to my mom about this and just like how you enter this like nether zone it seems like I don't know it seems like for me I have any in my 40s even though I'm just barely in my 40s I can go from zero to ten in like oh yeah an instant the so coming fast. down isn't as easy it isn't as quick for me I feel like you're really good at that you're like and I love you guys and I'm like hold on a second I'm gonna need a minute like you're good at like turning the corner <laughs> or I feel like I'm a little, I have a harder time turning the corner where I don't know what, if it's just like life at this age or what it is, but I can definitely I'm definitely by. shorter tempered, um, as the years have gone on. And I, I keep thinking I'm going to have all of this patience now. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like, you people are driving me crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Oh, I, yeah, life has a lot. We could sit and talk. I feel like there's so many things. I'm like, we could talk about mental health. We could talk about raising kids. We could talk about, there's just so many things, but I, um, I think we'll, we'll do many more of these. We'll, we'll have a little, little chats along the way. And I love that we got this time to chat today. And I think that so much of what you said, like it not only resonated with me, but I think a lot of people will resonate with what you're saying. And there's so many, you're so knowledgeable. I, I just like, there's just so much good in there. I don't know about that. I try. And, uh, <laughs> I always love talking to you. This was fun. And um, yeah, I, I love talking to you. That medicates me. You're my ah. medicine. Ah, well, but you know, it goes both ways. So that's just good. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of ending with a kind of an interesting question at the end. Just fun. Okay. Um, let's maybe a couple. We'll see. Um, what's one thing this week that made you like really smile? like, like from your whole inside or was there one thing? 
Oh my goodness. That made me smile. I like it's kind of I just I really um enjoyed my day. I had a day off yesterday hmm. and it's been a while. And I had a glass of wine and I watched the Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah. And that made me smile. That made me, uh, I sat with my kids were here and I was sitting mm. with my husband and uh, it's little things like that. Um, I, I work a lot and sometimes it, I can feel really down because it seems like everyone else has this more luxurious lifestyle that they can, they have more control over their time. I pretty much live at the hospital um, and I visit my home. And so mm. it was, uh, it was really nice yesterday just to be home and to just know to appreciate that. Mm. I just like really in my soul was like, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was the, that was the highlight of my week for wow. sure. Yeah. Being with your people. And what's, yeah. it was a great interview, by the way. I love it. It was a great too. interview. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I made dinner last night. I haven't been home in four evenings wow. and I'm about to go for another two. So like cooking dinner, it's the little things that I really miss when, um, when I'm not here, yeah. I, I put Tyson to bed for the first time in, wow. in four days. And wow. so that was, it's, it's one, it, it does make you appreciate it. Um, when you don't have it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. it was, it was just a great day and evening. Just took my, took Savannah for breakfast Aww. and, um, went grocery shopping. I know it seems it's, it's You're little, probably just things. more intentional though. Like, right. Cause you have those gaps. You're more intentional about those moments going like, this is, this is good. This is a muchness. Oh, you because prioritize. Not, yeah. Yeah. You prioritize like a mother because it's like, like this was important for me to do today to see yeah. you like anything I do today is on purpose because right. this is my day. Right. And, um, so you don't, you don't waste a lot of time on things that aren't important anymore. I don't. Yeah. 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 Okay. Another question. Um, what's one thing in life that you're like, you find you're really excited about at this time, maybe something you're working on or something that you're, um, personal or business or anything that you're like, I'm super excited. There's like a hum on this thing. Is there anything? Yeah. Well, yes. Like, you know, I just became a beach body coach. So I'm excited what? about that. I'm excited about sharing what I know about fitness and health and met the medication, the medicine that I think is mm -hmm. exercise, um, exercise as medicine. Um, so I am really excited about that. Um, and sort of, um, there's a lot of technology involved, which isn't my jam, but I'm excited about the rest of it. Yes. And, um, so that's good, but it's just about like encouraging and helping women in a new way. I mean, when I look at the journey, it's always been about women. Um, you know, uh, the women that supported me through my, my pregnancy, the women at the Calgary Pregnancy Care Center, um, the women that I met when I was in NICU, um, thought I wanted to work with babies and it turned out I just liked their moms. Mm. <laughs> And so there is that there was working with the women at Evolve Spa. There was, um, you know, when I work at Tom Baker and I'm with the women and, and that's just, women are just my jam. I love them. Yeah. I, uh, feel safe with them. Um, I, and, um, 
So for me to start this new journey in another way of helping women, uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am. Yeah. There's a hum there. There's an excitement. There is. Yeah. It's something new. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I'm excited about that. Um, but it's also scary. Yes. Yes. Give us new ground, but I love what you're doing by the way. Thank you. I love how you're just you're real, you're just a real girl. I love it. I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to be real. Um, okay. Real. <laughs> One more thing. What's beside your, your bed on your nightstand? Um, the journal you gave me, like the um, calendar you gave me, a book. Which definitely. one? Uh, oh God, what book is by my bed right now? Well, right now I'm reading Think Like a Monk. Oh, how is it? I've been wanting to read it. Good. I'm enjoying yes. it so far. It's very interesting. And it's, um, and uh, yes, yeah, so far I'm, I'm not that far in, but okay. so far it's, it's definitely shedding like the ability to be, to, to remain calm and to be in your breath hmm. uh, is something that I have learned, I'm learning because I am not the calmest person you've ever met. And so um, <laughs> the ability to calm myself and to not be as affected by other people's energies, keeping my energy where it's at, that's been helpful. And he talks about how your breath is the first thing you have when you are born mm -hmm. and the last thing you give away and how important yeah. each, like being able to tune into that's your life. Your wow. life force is your breath. And so I'm in, I am enjoying it. So I have that and, um, Chopstick and water. Chopstick <laughs> and water. I love yes. it. I love it. I hope that I can, Hey, I need to borrow that book after okay. you get a second because I'm just, yeah. you know, staying at home for a while. So when you're done it, bring it over. Yes, I will. And that would be great. Well, I love you. And thank you so much you. for hanging out with me. I love I'm glad that I got to be a part of your one day off your two days. Yeah, off. Yeah, you were, that was I, priority. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Aww. And, um, yeah. Well, thank you. I love you. And I, I really you. treasure our time together. And I'm so thankful we got to chat today. Um, thank you for being one of my people to just have tea with and be real with. Thank you for being my people. <laughs> All of my people. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Have an amazing day. Love you. you. Too.